Welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. Turn up the volume because it's time for your favorite sports show. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best, the podcast. I'm Trey Gonzalez, and I'm very excited to introduce our latest guest, Josh Band, owner of Plate Crate. You might have heard of them. If you haven't, then you're crazy. You got to get on Instagram and follow Plate Crate. They have a crazy following, number one, and number two, they have amazing content. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I wanted to start off with something about your band, uh, about your band, sorry, <laughs> something about <laughs> your company that uh, that I think is amazing. First off, the name. How did you come up with the catchy and clever name Plate Crate? Yeah, um, so I'd love to talk about that. Uh, it was a process. So um, I had this idea uh, for Plate Crate. We can kind of get into the backstory of it. Um, but the original name was like the worst name you could ever imagine. Really? <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I had this idea for, for the box and everything. And I just kind of wrote it down in my notebook and it, I was like, all right, I need something. Baseball subscription addiction. It was like the working title for like a few months. Wow. Um, and I was like, but I always knew like that was horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, it was just kind of a working title and, um, and actually batter's box seemed to be the thing that fit, okay. but I was obsessed. But uh, but I couldn't get the URL. Um, it needed to be hyphenated, and there was like a batting cage that owned it. And I just would not have a hyphenated um, domain name. Um, I was just like obsessed with just getting uh, the full word. So um, I was like, you know what, Batters Box might not be the the best fit um, if I can't get the domain, if I can't get you know everything branded up the way I wanted. Um, so yeah, I, I came up with just kind of a list of everything baseball, and honestly, I just rhymed with any synonym for box it was kind of that process and i got i I have to give credit to uh to my girlfriend Catherine, um who actually i remember it was like i think it was like five years ago um you know she said like play crate is the one that's the you know that's the best fit it's unique it's differentiated and um and we went from there so i mean when we heard it 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 was definitely kind of a light bulb moment where I said, that is a really good name. Yeah. Um, you know, plate, it has to do with baseball, the crates and for box. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, it just didn't come out of anywhere. We, we kind of workshopped it a little bit, but, uh, when we found it, it kind of stuck. And, uh, I'm so glad because there's a bunch of batters boxes, uh, for like, like tunnel, like tunnels and, and tees and like everything else. So, yeah. I'm super glad we got it. I love it. I'm really proud of it. And I think it's unique. So, yeah. Well, shout out to Catherine on that one. That's that's big time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> um, okay, so you are out of Boston. Your company kind of uh, – they operate out of Boston. And your plate crate is influenced by the colors red, uh, navy blue, and white. Did that have anything mm-hmm. to do with the Red Sox themselves or was it something else? Yeah, so um, – so, you know, the, the first thing we did with Playcrate was um, uh, I, I talked to a designer. Um, so this is Playcrate's my first actual kind of company. I've always had side hustles, things like that. But sure. this is this is the one where I was like, all right, this is going to be my baby. Uh, you know, I'm going to put everything I have into into this to start. Um, so when I worked with the, um, the designer and everything, you know, I kind of wanted to make it like an American heritage brand. Uh, baseball, America's pastime. Um, everything. So we kind of had that red, white, and blue um, idea, but I, I didn't want it to be um, kind of cheesy looking or like overly patriotic. Right. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, honest, you know, Boston's colors are, are navy and red. 
um, just added to it. It made me love it even more. So we started off at being kind of like baseball's America's pastime. Let's do something a little patriotic. And then the fact that it coincided with me being in Boston and a Boston fan and, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I want people to know that Playcrate is a Boston company. I'm super proud of being in Boston. And, yeah. um, you know, I want people to know Playcrate came from Boston. There's great history. There's great sports. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it came about. The red, white, and blue was just, uh, it was, it was a great fit. I, I couldn't think of anything else, uh, you know, for a color scheme for it. Well, speaking of Boston, I think we talked about this off the air before we even started the podcast, but I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're about one step below being on, on pardon my take. I'm just telling you, like <laughs> they, they know of us now. I'm just kidding, yeah, but, yeah, but awesome. you listen to that, right? I mean, you got to. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I listened to it, you know, religiously, but, um, you know, growing, growing up in this area, I grew up North, uh, just North of Boston in Peabody, Massachusetts. Um, you know, Barstool was, is, was huge. Everyone used to go to the blog when it was just a blog, yeah. there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, there was no Snapchat, nothing. So people used to type in barstool.com. It was just for Boston. It wasn't for New York. It wasn't for the country. Um, and people used to follow it religiously, but, uh, you know, that's how we got our actual kind of like insider news. It was fun to read and everything. And it's been really fun, uh, to watch, uh, you know, Portnoy and Barstool and, part of my take and everything kind of grow. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's huge around here I, and they, they do a great job. I got to know about, because I know you mentioned New York and they weren't there yet or whatever it might be um, with, with like their expansion and how that worked out. Um, I know that Boston and New York are typically, you know, butting heads when it comes to sports in real life. <laughs> when you like go to New York, is it, is there still kind of like a tension between, like people from Boston and New York? You know, I've had this, I had this conversation last week. I was in New York city last week, um, just doing some networking for play create and meeting with some friends. And, um, and New York is, uh, is much more, uh, people migrate to New York. No, mm. you know, no one really grew up in Manhattan when you go there. Sure. Um, so they don't really care. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. like diehard Yankees fans, diehard Yankees fans, people who grew up in New York, they do care. But I see it way more on a Boston side. There's just this like crazy hatred for like Yankees fans. Wow. Um, but it's you know honestly like it, the best moment was um, you know when Derek Jeter retired, he got a standing ovation every single night at Fenway Park. That's cool. Um, because there 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 is that there is that respect. Um, you know we loved to hate Derek Jeter, but at the end of the day, like. He, um, you know, he was a huge part of the rivalry and they, it makes baseball fun to watch. Um, you know, Yankees tickets, like people go crazy over Yankees tickets because they want to go to the game because there's energy and it's fun. And, uh, and there's that history and everyone knows the history. You know what I mean? Everyone knows the Bucky Dent home run. Definitely. Um, everyone knows Brett Boone's home run in 2003. Um, you just like, no matter what it's more, it's not even sports culture around here. It's just culture. Um, it's Boston culture and it's New York culture. So, um, I love the rivalry. Um, you know, you can say you hate Yankees fans and everything, but but we love the rivalry. So you know, we have to love Yankees to love that rivalry. So we 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 say we love to hate them, but um, it's definitely prevalent in Boston. I would say less in New York um, because New York's just so massive; it's crazy. Yeah, like eight million people. Boston's actually a relatively small town. Um, there's like six hundred fifty thousand people in Boston, so it's such like that. a big name. Yeah, for such a big name city, it's not that uh, big population wise. Um, so New York's just massive, and there's like a lot of implants there. So I see it more in uh, in Boston than New York, but 
I'm sure, uh, you know, Yankees fans hate Boston just as much. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. I'm going to have to go to that area sometime just to kind of check it all out. Just be like, hey, I'm not Absolutely. from either. I'm not from either. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm mutual. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, Josh, you had a vision for Plate Crate uh, before it even started. You can't just start a company and then just, oh, this is kind of what we're going to do. That's fine. Right. You had to you had to actually think it out and stuff like that. So I wanted to know what your original vision was for Plate Crate and how that might have changed throughout time. Um, yeah, sure. So, so I started play crate, not with the intentions of growing it very big. Um, I started, I was playing indie ball. I was playing in, um, in the Midwest. I was in, uh, I was in Illinois. I was in Kentucky, I was in Missouri, like kind of everywhere. Um, and as you know, as everyone that's listening probably knows minor leaguers just do not make a lot of money playing baseball. Sure. Um, so, you know, you have side jobs and you do lessons and, um, you know, you host camps and, uh, if you live in, you know, the Northeast, I shoveled snow and I poured concrete in the side and I was like, you know what, I, I've always wanted to make my own business. I've, I've always had other businesses. I've always been interested in, in digital marketing and e-com. Um, so I was like, you know, what are, you know, what's something that I can sell that I really, um, you know, kind of know the landscape of. And, mm. you know, the only thing I knew was baseball gear. Um, so actually my first job, I worked at a batting cage called extra innings. Um, and, uh, it was the first one of like 50 franchises. So I know the owners of it and, uh, we used to buy, you know, inventory and sell it. So I, I had a really good understanding of, you know, how to buy baseball gear, sure. what it goes for, what sells, what doesn't just in, intuitively working there. I just always kind of knew it. It was, it was kind of easy for me because I've been in that environment for so long. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I saw, uh, subscription boxes, uh, kind of popping up everywhere. Uh, Birch box was a big thing back then, which is a makeup sample box. Yeah. Um, there started to be more meal prep boxes, things like that. Um, so I was just like on my computer one night and I was like, you know what? I want to see if there's a baseball box. I think that would be something that's interesting. Maybe there's some new gear I haven't heard of. Um, uh, and I searched for it and there was just absolutely nothing. I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. You know, baseball is like a really big sport. Um, I'm surprised no one has this. And this was in 2015. Um, actually I might've even been 2014 cause I started the business in 2015. Um, so I had the idea probably 2014, uh, no one started, no one did anything. Um, so it's like, huh, this is, this is interesting. This is something I could, I could do. Um, and I had no idea how to start, <laughs> like, no idea. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I kind of committed to it. I said, this is my idea. I built out like a little business model for it. Had no idea what to do. I Googled like business model. <laughs> Um, and like business plan, I like drew like a horrible business plan up that made no sense, uh, <laughs> which looking back on, it's pretty funny cause I still have it. Um, nice. and I drew out these like pro- projections and I was like, Hey, if I could make for myself an extra like thousand dollars, 2000, $3,000 a month while playing baseball, I was like, that'd be a massive success for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I could, it would just subsidize, um, my minor league salary and I wouldn't have to shovel snow and do import concrete and do all this stuff just to kind of make ends meet in the off season, which, right. which by the way, it's, I'm not complaining about that. I loved it. And you know, you don't play, <laughs> you don't play baseball, you know, for, for the money, especially, you know, minor league baseball, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought it'd be, it'd be really cool if I could just make a couple extra grand, have it be a kind of a side business. And then, uh, you know, when I was done playing baseball, um, if I didn't make it to the major leagues, which I obviously didn't, um, you know, I move on to something else. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's kind of how I had the idea for it. That's how it started. And then I just started doing research and I kind of, I kind of knew from playing indie ball, like baseball players are kind of natural, like tinkerers and inventors and they're always inventing like these weird things. Um, so I knew that there were so many cool items out there 
that weren't sold in Dick's or Models or at that time Sports Authority. And I was like, huh, that'd be really cool if I could partner with really small companies who have these awesome items, put them in a box and give them to kids and, uh, you know, give the baseball players and uh, the inventors some exposure and then give the kids something they, they wouldn't have seen otherwise. Yeah. Okay. So you totally like hit a market that just was not even didn't exist at all yet. Yeah, it just wasn't there. Um, it wasn't there at all. And it was it was definitely kind of a scratch my own itch type of thing. Um, because I just I looked at it for myself i was like this would be a cool thing for me yeah um you know i was like oh maybe i'll get a box maybe i'll maybe i'll try some stuff you know it'd be fun but it was yeah it was just one of those kind of late night google things where i was like hey there must be a baseball box i'd love to see what that looks like and it just wasn't there and um i said i can i can probably do that (laughs) now that you've seen it grow like crazy how do you see the future going you know like what is your vision now that plate crate has grown so much social media following you know, yeah. what do you think now? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I always think of play create as a, as a community more than anything. Um, the box that we sell, the gear that we put in it, that's just kind of one aspect. Um, you know, I really want a centralized location for all baseball players to talk about baseball, to appreciate baseball, to buy baseball gear, to, to join tournaments, to do a little bit of everything. Um, but have that place where, um, it's a, just a great baseball community. Mm. Um, so the partners that we work with, um, the, the companies that we work with, everything, um, you know, is in service of that. So, um, you know, from a business perspective, um, you know, we sell boxes, we kind of, uh, sell all these different accessories and training aids and stuff, but you know, our customers also want bats. They also want gloves. They also want to join tournaments. And, uh, you know, I want play to fully service that I want to kind of be a full service company. Even if we don't make bats, we don't make gloves. I want to have a deep partnership with some companies that do. Um, and then we can kind of build up that trust and everything, uh, around that. So I see play create, you know, first and foremost, above anything else as a community where people can just, um, join the community, talk about baseball, love on baseball, learn about baseball, um, connect with other players, connect with other coaches and and other companies. Heck yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I will say this about your Instagram. I love seeing the questions that you guys put up. You guys have really good um, engagement questions. So the comment section just fills up like crazy. Um, and yeah. I actually have a few of those ready for you on rapid fire. Cause I got to know your side of those, of those questions. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> this will be fun. Yeah. I have, I have someone that, that writes those questions. They're not always me. So, okay. Well, uh, like, yeah. This will be, be good. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to hear about this month's plate crate. W- what would you sure. say to somebody that expects to, I mean, cause as soon as you start your subscription, you get a box and then it starts from the, from month to month. Isn't that right? Yeah. So the, the second you sign up, uh, we ship, you know, between one and three business days. Um, we try to ship next day all the time. Um, so that's your first crate. And then, uh, depending on when you order, so it's the 19th of the month. So if someone, um, if someone bought today, they would get a crate instantly and then they would be put in the 15th of the month category. So every month on the 15th, we'd send their box. If you order the beginning of the month, you get your crate immediately. And then every month after that, you get on the first of the month. Okay. Very cool. So what would we expect to see in this, in this month's box? Yeah. So I'm actually, this is one of my favorite boxes ever. I'm not just saying that because I'm on here. Um, <laughs> it's uh, we, we recently made a change uh, with Play Crate. It used to mm. just kind of be a, a, a random box, um, you know, filled with different things. Uh, but we started doing themes. Um, so I thought that would it would be much better to kind of tie everything in. Yeah. Um, we started doing more T-shirts, more apparel. So this month's theme is Seaball. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we're in the cage one day or I, you know, I still do some lessons with some of the kids, um, uh, that are going to college or, or, you know, trying out for minor league teams. And, uh, you know, they hit, they, they get a hold of one in the cage. They go see a ball. You know, it's just kind of right. like a baseball colloquialism type of thing. Um, so yeah, we have, uh, we have a really cool design called see a ball. Um, there's a three quarter length baseball team there with a big logo at see a ball on it. And we've gotten just like crazy awesome response. Um, so it's really cool. So you get that. Um, we have flame and bacon, um, sunflower seeds. So there's usually a snack. Um, we try to find snacks that, uh, once again, aren't in Dick's, they're not in Models, they're not in big box stores. So yeah. we try to work with, uh, you know, seeds you wouldn't typically find so we can kind of introduce you to new companies. So, um, we have these like cool flame and bacon, uh, sunflower seeds. We have a bat knob decal. So a little sticker that goes on the, on your knob of your bat Okay. and you get two, two of those. And those have the, the sea ball decal, uh, logo on it. Um, you get spec clips, which is a, uh, you know, a pretty new company. Um, and it's the, it's a little magnet that goes in your hat and you can actually put your, your sunglasses on it. So they don't fall off your head. So if you're running, shag and fly balls or even if you're like going fishing or something like that your, your glasses don't fall in the water um we like thought that. that was really cool yeah so we made up some like limited edition uh packaging um so we got that in the box um we have a thing called grip boost which is an alternative to pine tar it is one of the most impressive products i've ever felt at a trade show yeah um so we saw it two years ago it's this uh it's like kind of like a liquid you rub it on your your batting gloves um, it's really, really, really sticky, um, but it's, it doesn't make a mess of everything. Um, and it kind of goes away after, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Um, so your bat's not just kind of like covered in pine tar, even though sometimes that's fun. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Blizzard Skins makes that. So that's that's um, our product of the month with them. Um, what else do we got? We got way more stuff. We have sticker with Sea Ball on it. Um, and I think I'm missing one more thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a crate full of, full of sea ball stuff. Um, just cause that's the theme. Yeah. Um, I, I remember last month, uh, checking it out and it was Oppo taco theme, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Oppo taco, cool. um, yeah, that was really cool. Um, people, people absolutely loved, um, you know, the Oppo taco, we had that design done a while ago and it, it was just like my favorite design. I thought it looked so cool. Um, so we put it on a shirt, we put it on stickers, we put it on bat knob decal, same thing. Um, and we had taco flavored seeds, uh, to go along with that taco theme. Oh, and, that's uh, amazing. and yeah, and I don't think anyone noticed it, but it was Cinco de Mayo. So we kind of wanted to do the taco on Cinco de Mayo. That's um, smart. Yeah. So it was fun. And, um, yeah, we started doing, um, you know, much more kind of, um, uh, reading material in there as well. So we have this kind of like accordion fold out which shows the player of the month, what's in the crate, um, how to use things, what giveaways we're doing. Um, we have an awesome, awesome, super fun giveaway um, that we're not going to announce uh, for another couple of weeks um, in July, but it's going to be really, really fun. Um, so yeah, there's like this big pamphlet in there that just gives you a lot more detail. Sometimes there's a tip or a coaching, um, you know, tip of the month from some different types of coaches. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a fun box. It should feel like you're getting a gift. It should feel something that's, you know, um, you know, not only going to help you play in the field, but also something that's, you know, it's, it's just fun to kind of sift through if you're a baseball fan or a baseball player. I have never had flaming bacon seeds, but I have to know, are they, are they spicy? Are they actually spicy? 
they're not they're not that spicy i'm okay. not like a big spicy food type of person like i like a little bit of hot sauce but um they're not that spicy i'll send you i'll send you some um, okay so after cool. this I'll, I'll put it in my notes i'll send you i'll send you some because they're really good and we actually had spicy cheeseburger which was probably my favorite one that's pretty um sweet. and they're by yeah they're by dutchman seeds which is um you know most people just haven't heard of dutchman seeds so Baseball players, as we are, we love sunflower seeds. Um, so I want to introduce people to more types of sunflower seeds than uh, than Davids and Bigs, which are great and, and giants. Um, but there's like a bunch of awesome sunflower seed companies out there. Um, so yeah, I want to introduce that. So I'll send you some samples. We got we got cool. tons tons of seeds. Believe me, tons. <laughs> and and then the other thing that I thought was really cool is the liquid grip thing. Um, because when I played ball, man, like I was I was against pine tar, and I know that people listening that are baseball fans are like, are you kidding me? You're against pine tar. I, I did like <laughs> it. I did like it for some applications, but not, I didn't like it to cake onto my bat. I didn't like it to get on my clothes, all that stuff. Um, yeah. so this, this product just sounds amazing. And I think that that, that could benefit a lot of people. So pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah. It's a, uh... It's really cool. It's really cool. And me, I was I was the complete opposite of you. I was like second <laughs> baseman, shortstop. Yeah, I, I needed to be dirty. I needed to be filthy on my uniform to say that I played hard that day. So I pine tarred, <laughs> you know, my whole bat. If I wanted it all over me, <laughs> I like it. Uh, but but the uh, the grip boost was was honestly one of the most impressive um, products I've seen. At uh, there's a big trade show every year called the ABCA. And uh, I met the guys there. There's like tons of like crazy science or research um, behind it. And it, it's a really cool product. It's one of those things you really got to feel um, to kind of appreciate it. Man, I really think it's cool how you do the hashtag my plate crate with your customers. Anybody that gets a plate crate, they put the hashtag, they take a picture of it. Uh, they get entered for a prize, right? And uh, you said that there's a giveaway in July. I think that's separate. Um, what kind of giveaways have you done with the hashtag my plate crate? Yeah. So, so we do a bunch of different giveaways. Um, it's one of those things it's fun. It's community driven. We want people interacting with play crate. Um, and you know, for us, we want, we want play crates growth to be, um, stemmed from our customers and happy customers. So it's kind of on us. Um, you know, anyone can pay for ads to get customers, but you know, it takes a lot to have your customers love you, um, and be advocates of you and refer you. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, why we keep evolving our product and, we keep trying to involve people in all of our giveaways. So um, we have a we have one giveaway called the Golden Ticket every month. We put a golden ticket in one plate crate. That person gets a Marucci four hundred dollar or whatever uh, Cat Eight bat. We have limited edition bats. Wow. They get a bat quiver. They get stickers. They get all this like awesome stuff. It's like six hundred bucks worth of stuff. Um, and they if they open the box, they see that golden ticket. Um, they win that. So they just you know shoot us in it. Um, I mean we have their name already but they just shoot us an email and, and we send that out. Um, the hashtag my play crate is kind of the same thing. Um, once in a while, um, we want people posting on Instagram. We want people to kind of show off their play crates. Um, so they're always entered um, for that. So usually it's a Marucci bat. Sometimes it's like a year of play crate. Sometimes it's like one of every t-shirt we have. That'd um, be awesome. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like a little bonus for us. You know, we want to show as much love as we can. Uh, to our customers that are actually interacting with us and that feel compelled enough and, you know, take the time out of their day um, to post about PlayCrate on their personal page and share that with their, um, you know, their friends. Um, and we just want to say thank you for that because that's, um, we're so appreciative. And honestly, me, um, you know, founding PlayCrate and growing it, 
Um, you know, every time I see that, I, I have, I, I just feel so appreciative that someone would even take the time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, ne that never goes away. Um, you know, every time I see a video of a kid that says he loves to play crate, um, you know, it just makes me so appreciative and, you know, giving away, you know, some t-shirts or a bat or, 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 you know, a year of play crate. Um, you know, that's just kind of like a small thank you. Yeah. You have actually, so like you said, man, a lot of your customers are super pumped about getting a plate crate. So they're going to go ahead and tell their friends and stuff, and then it's going to grow continuously, right? Um, you have yeah. also been in contact with multiple influencers to kind of try out the plate crate and see what they think. I think they genuinely love your plate crates. I don't think it's just, you know, like, oh, I'm doing this to, you know, because plate crate wants to work with me or whatever. It's actually mm -hmm. genuine. Um, one in particular, we had the baseballologist on our show, and I know for a fact that he loves it. Like, he absolutely loves <clears throat> plate crate. So um, how did you get connected with him and the other influencers that you've been working with? Sure. So the baseballologist, number one, um, holds a super special place um, in my heart and in plate crate. Um, he reached out to me. He had, like, a 1,000 followers or something like that. And he reached out and he said, Hey, I really like play crate. I'm trying to build up my, you know, my following in this community around baseballologists. He's the first professional baseball fan. Yeah. Um, and number one, I recommend everyone go follow him because he's an amazing person. We're really close friends now. Um, honestly, I probably talk to him every, every other day. That's cool. <laughs> um, on, on the phone, um, just cause he's such a genuine, genuine human being and he's doing everything for the right reasons. So at baseballologist, um, he's, he's amazing, but he reached out to me and he, he basically said, Hey, I, uh, you know, I can edit videos. Would you want me to edit some videos for you? And I said, that sounds great. Like free video editing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he edited some videos and they were really, really good. And we used them. And I said, Hey, I want, you know, I want to give back to you for this. Uh, you know, I'm going to tag you in the videos. I'm going to tell some people to go follow you. Um, and you know, why don't I send you some click crates and you could record some videos. It'd be really fun and engaging content on your page. Um, he said, that sounds great. So every month I just put him on the list. I send him the, um, you know, play crate. He opens it. He gives his genuine response to it. Um, cause I told him, I said, if you don't like something, say it on camera, tell people you don't like it. That's tell people cool. why. Yeah. Um, and I want to do that with all my influencers because I want them to be honest over everything. If they hate a box that's on us, not on them. <laughs> I yeah. want, I'll, it's on them to be honest and to be candid, not to sell play crates. It's on us to create a product. Um, that people love and enjoy and are, you know, inspired by and want to tell people about. So, um, but luckily he really likes to play crate. So, um, so yeah, it was just kind of this pinwheel that I would send him a play crate. He would edit up an awesome video. I would post it on our page, tell people to go follow him. His audience would build up. I'd send him another play crate and we just kind of worked from there. And then he did that, uh, kind of rinse and repeat with a lot of other companies. But, um, yeah, we started from the beginning together. Um, you know, he helps us sometimes do some social media campaigns. Um, and we love involving him in everything. Cause he just really kind of epitomizes what we're all about at play crate with, um, you know, community and appreciating the game and giving back and, um, you know, treating people the right way. Um, so above and all you know, above everything, like his content's amazing. Um, he's just a really good person. He's a really genuine person. He's a really honest person. Yeah. And, uh, we, we just love, you know, at play crate having a relationship with him and then me personally, uh, I'm super glad we, you know, we became really good friends. I think it's super cool that you guys have an underlining theme of positivity, both of you, baseballologist, plate crate. <laughs> and I know that a lot of what you say and what you're talking about, you you mentioned we, which is really cool. You started the company, you built it up from the from the ground, 
and you involved a lot of different people to, of course, help you grow. But at the same time, you know, uh, you were generous enough to let them in on your brand. Tell me about who all works with you and how that dynamic really has been successful. Yeah, um, I love to speak to that. Um, you know, we have a super, super lean team. Um, so uh, Playcrate's been bootstrapped. Uh, I've never taken on capital. I've never taken on investment. I've, I, you know, I'm 100% owner. Um, you know, and it was started with my very, very limited funds when I was 23 as a, as a, um, baseball player. Yeah. Um, and, and we kind of grew very organically and you just can't do that, uh, without the help of people. I had so much help from so many people. Um, I have amazing mentors, like amazing mentors. And all I had to do is ask for help, um, and, and follow up and execute on what they actually asked, which we can get into that if you'd like, but. Um, I just have had so much help. Um, there's just no way play Creek could be what it is today. Um, without the help of, you know, literally everybody, my girlfriend picked a name, my, my friends packed boxes for me when I needed it. Um, my mentors helped me like in a pinch, I can call people anytime. I just have like an unbelievable, unbelievably great support group. Um, you know, I think that was kind of cultivated through being, you know, being on a team for so long. The part of baseball people love um, sometimes isn't even the baseball part. You're just on a team with your closest friends, hanging out with them, mm-hmm. um, kind of going to war with them every day on the baseball field, competing. Uh, it's really fun. And, uh, you know, that's that's what it meant for baseball for me is, you know, when you change your goals from being a good baseball player to being a good teammate, everything kind of falls into place. And I didn't really get that till the end of my playing career. Um, but that's, that's how you gain the, the respect of your teammates. That's how um, – you know, you get better in the cage, you know, put your teammates, every single one of your teammates, even if the, you know, if they're on the bench, they're a bullpen catcher or whatever, right. put them in front of yourself, always do what's best for the team. And honestly, I was going to say nine times out of 10, but 10 times out of 10, uh, you're going to feel good about it. Your teammates are going to, are going to love you. Um, and, uh, and you're going to have fun playing baseball, which sometimes is really, really difficult, um, to have fun playing baseball because it can be, if, uh, it, it can be but it's, it, you know, I used to have, uh, now I can say I'm positive and everything, but I used to have like a, not a bad attitude, but I just put, you put so much pressure on yourself when you play baseball to do well. And, um, and it's just like really hard to do well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a really hard game. Um, <laughs> so to kind of bring it full circle, um, you know, I, I can't do anything without my team. I can't do anything without my mentors. Um, so my team, I have Michelle, who's a, who's a marketing manager. She's, um, kind of like wears a million different hats. She reaches out to people. She keeps me super organized. Um, uh, she's just same thing. Amazing human being. Um, you know, super fun to be around her. Um, she set me up with you. Um, and then we have Chris who's actually, Chris is my very first employee. Um, we used to do personal training together, which is how I met him. Cause I used to be a personal trainer as well. Okay. Um, cause that's what I did in the off season. I used to train baseball players and we used to go hit. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a little bit of everything. And then, um, you know, I was done training, we'd go upstairs because my, my office used to be above the batting cage and I actually lived in that office um, for a year. Um, so we put like a bed in it. Uh, but Chris is my first employee. I said, hey, I need help packing boxes. We have a little bit extra. You know, you want to make like, you know, 10 or 12 bucks an hour, whatever it was at the time. He said, sure. So he came, he started packing boxes with me. And then I started delegating like one task here, one task there. Um, but Chris does like so much stuff. Um, he does our customer service. Um, so if you ever talk to Chris, um, you know, through our customer service line. Um, he's just like so nice to everybody. Everyone loves him. He's always laughing, always smiling. Uh, so is Michelle. 
Um, he also does product manufacturing for us. So uh, this year we started doing a lot more product manufacturing um, of our own accessories. So we have a company called Bandit Sports, uh, which is goes in plate crates. So you'll see that uh, in the next like three or four months a lot more because we just got okay. in a big container. But, um, but yeah, so we have Chris. Um, we have a social media guy in, um, in San Diego area. We have, um, you know, three, four different designers that kind of work freelance. So, um, yeah, I love it. I, I think it's a ragtag bunch of people, um, but, uh, but we kind of make it work. So, yeah, uh, we do a lot of freelance since we, we run so lean we've never taken on any capital. Um, so yeah, we have, a, we have a small team. We have a team that loves being together, um, and that gets along and, you know, above everything, I want them to come to work every day, um, you know, and learn something, you know, it's, uh, they're learning something every day. I'm learning something from them every day. Um, but, uh, but we have a good time. So if they're with me today in, uh, in Boston and, you know, we were joking and laughing this morning, I think I told you before this call too, um, yeah, you know, we're going to go paddle boarding before work, um, you know, next week and just things like that. It, it makes it so much more fun, um, to come to work, to, you know, just be around people that you, you like and respect and that, you know, you can personally learn from too. Man, it's kind of funny to me that you say work. Like you're saying, you know, we're going to go paddle boarding before going to work. It almost seems like you guys have a job, but it's not work. It's like you guys are having, you know, fun doing what you're doing. And that's like it. Sounds amazing. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of uh, the selfish thing about any owner is I just try to delegate any work I don't like. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, you know, I've kind of put in my years of doing absolutely everything, um, doing the design work, doing the website, doing uh, the digital marketing, doing the content creation, doing the video editing. Um, so I like to tell people I'm not good at anything. I'm just like decent at a lot of things. Sure. Um, I'm like base level at a lot. Um, but when you really start to see kind of the business grow is when you hire people that are much better than yourselves uh, or much better than yourself at a certain task mm -hmm. um, and then leading them and directing them. So, you know, when I brought Michelle on, um, you know, I was giving say like 10 or 8% of my time to what she's doing. Now she's giving a hundred percent um, of time to reaching out and doing partnerships and doing um, different collaborations. And we've seen that part of our business take off uh, with Chris. I was, I was same thing. I was doing 10% of my time was dedicated to manufacturing. Now he's completely dedicated to manufacturing and uh, in customer service. And we've seen our customer service has gotten so much better, um, you know, in response time, taking care of customers, making sure, um, you know, people feel just really comfortable and confident um, that we're doing our job. And with manufacturing, it's a, you know, it's a huge process, um, you know, doing that and having him, uh, you know, as my partner on that and just keep me in the loop um, so we can go over things together has been a, a huge asset. So, um, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of like every owner is uh, needs to be a little lazy at heart because I just kind of try to outsource things uh, that I didn't enjoy um, to them. But what I've seen is, you know, that part of the business has really taken off because uh, they can dedicate their full time to it. I think it's awesome, man. Completely. This is cool. I want to get into a controversy that's hit the baseball world for the last couple of years. I'd say it's probably been about the last five years that the bat flip conversation has come up. I want to kind of get your opinion on this and kind of switch away from, you know, just talking about, I know that you love talking about your company. I feel like we can, <laughs> you love talking about baseball as well. So, yeah. um, the bat flip controversy, where, where are you on that? Yeah. So, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, like a little weird answer here. Um, okay. I haven't had too much time to think about it, but <laughs> I'm not against bat flips okay. at all. Okay. Not against bat flips. I'm against bat flips for the wrong reason. If you're bat flipping to boost your own ego, 
that's one thing. If you're bat flipping because you're in the moment, you just hit a huge home run for your team, and you just happen to bat flip because that's that's where that energy took you, bat flip as high as you want, as mm. long as you want, do whatever. It's not – the bat flip needs to be about your team. It needs to be about your energy. It cannot be, I just hit this ball so far, look at me. I sure. just hit that ball. Um, so, yeah, I have nothing – I have nothing – there's nothing wrong with bat flips. You hit a ball 450 feet, like you, you deserve it. <laughs> um, but if you hit a ball 450 feet and your team's up by eight runs and no one really cares – run the bases, you know, okay. put your head down, run the bases, be a professional. Uh, Cause we're talking about major league baseball players. They're making millions of dollars. Um, there's no time for ego. So, you know, when I see baseball players, you know, in the major leagues that hit a home run and they bat flip and they trot and they pop their chain or whatever, um, and they're <laughs> up by eight runs. Um, you know, what I see is someone who's immature. I see someone who's ego driven. Um, you know, I see someone that's super, you know, vulnerable. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and super insecure in themselves. Um, you don't see Mike Trout doing it. Mike Trout's the best player in the game. Have you seen him bat flip? No, no not really. Professional. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, have you seen Mookie bat flip? No. So like the best players in the game. Um, yeah. You might see Mookie bat flip, but you know, for a big home run. So it's gotta be about your teammates. It's gotta be, you know, organic. It needs to come from energy. It can't be ego driven. I like that answer. I really do. So to, on the flip side of that answer and that question, if you are pitching and somebody bat flips off you up eight runs. Are you throwing at the guy next AB? I'm not throwing at him. You know what I mean? He hit the ball 450 feet on me. I'm, I'm just going to bear down. I'm going to get so competitive that I'm going to carve him up. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I'm not going to give you a base. That's like a, it's a free base. That's like, that's another thing you're going to throw at a guy. It's, it's kind of playing like who's tougher. You're going to bat flip me. I'm going to hit you. Both are bad for the game. Like you're going to hit someone when you're up eight runs. That doesn't show you anything, you know, making him look stupid, um, swinging over a, a, you know, a slider by his foot, bearing down, making sure you hit every single pitch, like driving him with focus. Like that's, what's going to get him back, making him look dumb on the next pitch, not letting him hit another home run off of you, not hitting him in the hip. That doesn't do anything for anybody. It just makes <laughs> you kind of look like a, a sore loser. You know what I mean? So sure. I would say, you know, if you K him up on three pitches, like I would, I would much rather do that and try to do that. And if he hits another 450 home run off of you, uh, you know, go, go to the gym after and go study more. <laughs> so, yeah. so get it doesn't better. happen again. So yeah, get better. It's uh you know, it's a sport. Like people, you know, you're, you're competing. Um, you're not there to see who's, you know, um, you know, who's tougher. That's the same thing. It's ego driven when people do that. So, um, you know, I, I guess there might be some occasions where, it's permitted. If you see a guy repeatedly doing something, you're a leader on your team. Um, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you drill him just to prove a point, but I just, I don't like it in general. I think play the game, strike him out, you know, and if you want to, if you want to make him look dumb, you know, carve him up on three pitches and, and be done with it. I want to hear your take on a certain scenario uh, between the Dodgers and giants. I'm sure you saw it on ESPN. I'm sure. You saw it out on the media, but Max Muncie hits a bomb um, in the McCovey Cove. And he watches yep. it, right? Did you see that? I did see that. Okay, so he watches it, and uh, Madison Bumgarner kind of gets out there. He's wanting to fight, or he's wanting to at least tell him, just go run the bases, right? And so afterwards, yep. uh, they asked Max, Max Muncy, what, you know, what'd you say to him? And he said, if you, want to, if you want me to stop watching the ball, then go get it out of the ocean. Right? Did you see that? Yeah. Um, I, I wanted, see that. Yeah, I, wanted to, I wanted to break down that actual phrase, okay? 
So Ma- sure. Madison Bumgarner goes and gets it out of the ocean, just in this scenario. Uh, how does that stop Max Muncie from watching? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it was kind of a heat in the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. That was the heat in the moment. It didn't make any sense, but um, my first reaction was, that's pretty funny, Max Muncie. Like, yeah. Um, you know, he stood up for himself. Um, you know, for a little background, like Max Muncie came out of nowhere. Like, he's not like – He's a relatively like new player. He had like this weird background where he wasn't playing baseball and then he got a shot and he like turned around his baseball career. Um, Bob Garner is like a vet, you know, he's like, he's established, he's all this. So um, baseball, there is like a big level of respect, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, that being said, like if you do hit the ball in the water, um, I forget what the score was, honestly. So, um, you know, what it seemed like was, um, you know, Muncie, you know, stood there. He watched it for a second. You know, I'd be super pumped if I was facing Madison Bumgarner. I'm a lefty, and I hit one into the water. I'd be yeah. like, uh, that was an that was an accident. <laughs> like that was a happy accident because <laughs> um, I, I was assuming I was just gonna I was gonna K. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Madison Bumgarner was um, he got his, he let his emotions get the best of him. Like, why are you gonna yell at the guy? You know what I mean? Um, same thing. Came up the next time he's up. You know, you probably will, but. If he wants to watch the ball go into the water, like that's his that's his problem. Get the ball back on the mound, go after the next batter. Um, but it's it's easier said than done. You know what I mean? It's like you work so hard to get someone out, you make one tiny little mistake, someone shows you up. But I think I think the the issue is batters really overestimate how cool they think they look when they bat flip, <laughs> and pitchers really overestimate how bad they look when someone bat flips against them. Right. That makes sense. Like no, that's no one really true. cares. Like we're like Bass and Bob Garner, you're going to give up home runs. It's fine. Like you're still a good pitcher, man. Like, yeah. We still respect you. You're still amazing. Um, but he caused caused this like whole controversy trying to be like a tough guy. But um, you know, I I kind of chisel it down to he's a competitor. He he, he wants to compete. He expects a lot out of himself. Um, so I mean, I, honestly, I don't blame either of them for doing that. Um, it is what it is. They're just you know tensions are high. Uh, you know, their heart rates are up They're You know, they want to win. They want to win super bad. So, um, you know, it's much easier to be like the Zen Buddhist monk when I'm, you know, in like a conference room talking on the phone, but in the, in the, in the, in the heat of, in the heat of the moment, it's, uh, it's completely different. So, um, you know, should a bum garner have said that this or that, uh, you know, maybe yes, maybe no, but you know, I'm not him. I didn't know what he was going through. I didn't know the situation in the game. So, um, End all to be all. I just thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought his his response was pretty funny. Yeah, it was um, quick, quick, quick witted. It got some funny media. Um, people were doing like the crying meme um, for Mass and Bumgarner. Um, he just <laughs> they like, made sure. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, right. They they turned into this whole thing, but I mean, no, you can't turn in that whole thing if he just grabs the ball and goes back to the mound. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of my like. Uh, that's my opinion on it, I guess. Okay. Uh, we switched gears into the uh, major leagues, some big-time players, Dodgers, Giants, and, you know, all the above with the MLB. If you could get – if you could pick three jerseys to represent for three of some of your favorite players, who would they be? Yeah. Of, of so, any sport, uh, any sport. Yeah, so I guess we – you know, we spoke about this before. Um, I don't have any jerseys. I don't own one jersey. Um Unless it has kind of the name on the back, like my name on the back of it. Okay. Um, I've never bought a jersey. Um, I, I'm definitely like I'm, I'm definitely a fan of players. Um, I like following kind of my friends who have done well. Um, but I would definitely say number one is Mookie. Okay. I love Mookie Betts. 
Um, I think uh, I got to watch him. I got to meet him uh, when he was with Will Spinners. Really? Um, yeah, one of my one of my good friends was on uh, the Spinners at the same time as, as him, and they're in uh, Lowell, Massachusetts. So um, I got to go there, and uh, you know, I was asking my buddy questions. He was like a utility player, and I was like, you know, who's who's this Mookie guy? And he's like, dude, this guy is gonna be a Hall of Famer. And I was like, all right, you're in single A, like low A. <laughs> um how crazy is that see, let's see how he does yeah this is like a long time ago and uh he got to the big leagues and i was like this kid's like 5'10 like skinny mm-hmm. and just had like such an amazing like athletic swing like beautiful to watch like it just seemed like he could never miss the ball like if he was late on the ball he was hitting a like a backside line drive if he was early on the ball he, he would hit a line drive down the line like his yeah. like swing plane was just so consistent um, and then you see him being like a bowler and you're like, how is this guy so good at bowling? Like, <laughs> Oh, it's frustrating. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And, uh, but, but I always love learning <laughs> a little bit about how people are off the field. And, um, every time I talk to someone that knows Mookie interacts with Mookie, they just say, he's a nice guy. He's a classy guy. Um, he's a, he's, you know, he's had the same girlfriend, um, now his wife, uh, since high school. He's just like a, a good guy dude you know what i mean those are players that i love to get behind um is like mookie is just like i i mean now he's kind of a superstar but he was pretty underrated for a while because he's a quiet he can be a quiet player um even though he's he you know he's he's got the chain and he, he could be flashy but yeah, yeah he runs the bases he he can hit he can field he can throw he can run like he's a he's a superstar stud and you know to boot he's a good person like how can you not get behind him yeah um so I would do Mookie. I would do a little bit of a throwback with, and this is going to be like all Boston based, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Dustin Pedroia was like my idol. Okay. Like, Dustin Pedroia was like this tiny five eight second baseman. I'm five eight second baseman. Perfect. Um, super underrated. Um, he he's got a cool backstory. He went to ASU. Um, and mm-hmm. Kinsler was the shortstop at ASU. Dustin Pedroia took his spot. Um, said he could pay his way through ASU, so he gave up his full scholarship so they could add another player to ASU. No so, way. Um, yeah, he's uh, same thing. He he was just someone who he was like a Pete Rose. Um, like he, you could see the fire when he played. Every ground ball, his eyes were on the ground waiting for it. Like you could tell that he earned his way through the major leagues. He didn't wake up and and just hit a ball really really well. He's not six four. He doesn't have any tools other than he can hit a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he just made this like crazy career for himself. Um, and then me being like this, like small second baseman from Boston. And then you have the tiniest like second baseman also like in Boston. He was just my idol. I like, I love Justin Pedroia. Mm. Um, you know, if, if I could just take round balls with him, you know, on, you know, at Fenway, um, that, that'd be a great day for me. <laughs> um, that'd be and cool. then, uh, yeah, and then I'm going to go way back. Still Red Sox. I'm just going to stick with the Red Sox theme. Um, Ted Williams. Um, I was obsessed with Ted Williams. I used to read The Art of Hitting all the time. Um, when he died, I was so upset. It was like 2001. I was like crushed. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Ted Williams' career was, was you know, amazing. Um, he left baseball as, you know, one of the best baseball players of all time to uh, go fight for his country in World War II. Um, so just like the integrity that he has um, – you know, combined with, um, you know, his book, The Art of Hitting, um, and just he was kind of like the first technician of baseball who really said, you know, you don't just go on the field and play. Um, you need to study 
uh, mechanics and you need to study the swing. You just study pitchers and uh, he really kind of, you know, I think advanced the game, you know, maybe other players are doing that, but he was the only one that was publicized about it. Um, but yeah, he was just like the hero of Boston, you know, with the, the season he had 406 um, is like ingrained, not in my memory, obviously, because it was so long ago, but, uh, but it's kind of like folklore, um, you know, in Boston, you know, my dad used to tell me growing up that story is they had a double header um, and he was hitting, I think like 403 nice. and in uh, the, and the manager said, you know, we have a double header, you know, if you have a couple bad games, you're going to drop below 400. And it was the last, the last double header of the season. It was the last like two games of the whole season. So he's like, if we bench you, like you'll hit 403 that would be the highest batting average, you know, like in years and like all the stuff you'll, you'll end the season over 400. Yeah. And Ted Williams is like, no, I'm not going to sit. I'm going <laughs> to, he's like, I'm going to play. I came, you know, I came to play. If I hit below 400, who cares? Like I need to go help my team. Um, anyone out there and he had like a huge day, he raised batting average three points. That's how he ended up at 406. So, uh, yeah. So just like an integrity guy. Um, and you know, those are the stories that I got to grow up with. And like Ted Williams was my absolute idol growing up. I had, you know, pictures of him on my walls and I had his books and I had all this. He's a lefty. I'm a lefty. I try to replicate his swing, even though you really couldn't. And it's like, it's a completely different swing nowadays. Um, but yeah, I would yeah. say, you know, those three, all Boston Red Sox. Sorry. That's like who, who I love. But, no, you're good. Uh, Mookie, D- Dustin and Ted Williams. I think those are, you know, you get those three people in a room. You could learn a lot about life and baseball. Yeah. And you can actually do three different eras of jerseys too. Cause obviously Ted Williams, throwback jersey pedroia um somewhat of a slightly older jersey and then mookie Betts. i know they haven't really changed much but you can still kind of throw in the navy or whatever it oh, is yeah. be yeah. kind of cool yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> that'd be awesome so um and, and kind of branching off of that question i mean uh this is kind of in the same realm but a little bit different uh if you could have three people anybody in the world endorse plate crate because they genuinely liked it and they had it and you know they they posted it up on their Instagram or just on TV wherever it would be who would you have uh, I'm gonna start with Mookie again okay uh, play okay. is a Boston company I'm super proud of Boston um, you know there's there's no one that would represent it currently better than Mookie um, the second person same thing David Ortiz like ah. especially with with what just happened I mean yeah David Ortiz I would put probably almost I would definitely put number one there's not a better person in the world that could represent what play crate is about community mm-hmm. about uh giving back about tradition about baseball about Boston um you know than David Ortiz uh especially with him getting shot I think everyone kind of just had um you know this like sober sobering kind of like reality moment where they're like wow we really love David Ortiz yeah he's so important um you know, he's, and he's in, human. In, in Boston, he's human, he's human, but he's an icon. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he represents more than just baseball in our city. He represents, you know, sportsmanship and, uh, and hardship coming from the Dominican Republic. And, um, uh, he's just this massive personality, um, uh, that you can't not like because he's so genuine and he's all smiles and, uh, you know, he's, he's people's hero, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, that's so much more than just being a baseball player. Yeah. yeah he had a great career. Um, I, you know, I got to watch him in like the postseason at red, you know, at, uh, at Fenway. Um, you know, so some of like all my like, <laughs> like childhood moments being at Fenway is like, is surrounded, uh, uh, you know, with David Ortiz, but mm-hmm. him just as a person, him is like a, you know, a sports icon and just him as a human being, like, 
I, there's no better person than David Ortiz. And then especially now that, you know, all that stuff happened with him. And I think yesterday they, they said he was in good condition. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's always been like <laughs> the number one person that uh, would be great for play crate. Um, and then Mookie. And then honestly, I would say Mike Trout. Um, okay. Mike Trout is just, uh, I mean, he's like an insane player. I don't even know how to describe it. He's a freak. Um, but he, he, he does it the right way. He's the combination of someone who's wildly talented, but also a great teammate, a professional, um, you know, someone who represents the ideals that I want people to associate with play great. I want people to play the game the right way. I want people to enjoy playing the game. I want people to know that, you know, Mike Trout uses his platform, um, you know, for doing really good things. You don't see him driving around a Lamborghini um, or or doing anything. You see him, you know, helping kids and giving back to charity and, and uh, you know, using his position to do, you know, a little bit of good in the world. And, you know, he would he would be a great representative of Playcrate. I'd be lucky to have him. So if he's listening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I know you're 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 a crazy <laughs> listener of this show. You you gotta you gotta hook it up with Playcrate. Um well, you never know. Um so I don't know what you like to watch as far as movie goes and all that stuff, but um I figured that maybe one of the celebrities that might come to mind, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, those guys <laughs> that are like huge yeah. Boston guys. Do yeah. you guys, do you guys, are you guys not big fans of them over there? Oh, I love them. I like a uh, Goodwill hunting. It's like, Oh yeah. One of the best movies ever. I love Goodwill hunting. Um, uh, especially, uh, Robin Williams in that. So, I mean, when, when, when he passed away too, but man, yeah. I love that movie. That's like one of those movies I need to watch like every, maybe like two years. Um, it's just, it's so good. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Ben Affleck, um, you know, he would do well with play crate, but, I would honestly, I'd rather have people that are that are not as big as them, um, and that are more associated with baseball. But I love Matt Damon. I love all his movies. Um, I love Ben Affleck. I love all his movies too. And then people got like aggressively excited about the town um, when it came out, yeah, <laughs> which is about like Charlestown, and it was shot in like downtown Boston. And people were like, "Yeah, this is crazy." But uh, yeah, it was a good movie. It was lots of it action. Fenway yeah. Park was in it. Um, yeah, I love those guys. They're awesome. All right, so it's time for Rapid Fire. We talked about this before, but uh, just for the people that are listening that might not have ever listened before, what I do is I'm going to shoot questions your way, uh, personal questions, and you're just going to fire them right back at me. Um, Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Favorite food? Uh, Burrito. What kind of burrito? uh chicken burrito grilled chicken burrito, <laughs> chicken I burrito. It, but like if if, it, if, the, if the mood strikes me al pastor i would say is probably the okay. best i just i can't rationalize eating an al pastor burrito like every day because it's so rich but yeah maybe al pastor burrito but i could swap barbacoa al pastor uh carnitas you know you name it i'm eating it Josh, I'm from New Mexico, and uh, I've never heard the answer chicken burrito. <laughs> so I got it. Honestly, I love it. I love that's it. Like, that's, that's like my go-to thing. You know, if I'm trying to be super healthy, um, I'll just do like a cup of brown rice and some grilled chicken and make it into like a burrito. It, it all comes back to like Mexican and Southwestern food. Yeah. It's like my favorite, I guess, just type of cuisine. Okay. Okay. Uh, favorite drink? Uh, coffee. Okay. TV show? Um... How I Met Your Mother. Beautiful. Uh, favorite item that you own? My blue belt in jujitsu. Awesome. Super proud of it. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite hobby? Jujitsu. <laughs> snapback or fitted? Weekends, snapback, weekdays fitted. 
Uh, favorite candy? I like dark chocolate. I love dark chocolate. Yeah. There you go. Lefty or righty? Lefty. Favorite ballpark other than Fenway? <laughs> uh, let me think. First gut reaction was uh, Camden. Camden Yards. Okay, solid. Uh, seed flavor? Spicy cheeseburger. <laughs> I like it. Uh, socks up or down? Uh, down with shorts, up with pants. Uh, hardest pitch to hit? Slider. Uh, if you were drafted by somewhere other than Boston, where would you go? San Francisco. Batting gloves or no batting gloves? Batting gloves now. But I like the idea of no batting gloves. <laughs> Favorite walkout song? Chris Brown used to have a song called Bomb. And that used to be my walkout for like my senior year of college. But anything that the mood strikes that makes me feel like a pimp walking up to the plate, that's what I like. <laughs> pimp level status. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wood or metal bat? Wood. Um, and lastly, hidden talent. Uh, backflips. I can I can do backflips. Ah, that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Well, that concludes uh, that concludes rapid fire. Thank you for playing. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I wanted to finish off the interview with a piece of advice that you might want to give to uh, somebody trying to start their own business or um, trying to be successful in their industry. Um. Yeah. Uh, I guess the the short answer would be keep going um and solve for x um building your business being a good uh baseball player literally doing anything that remit like requires uh, a skill um you need consistency and just solving a problem keep solving problems keep solving problems keep solving problems so uh you know we first started play crate you know i said i need people to sell to cool how do we build an audience let's figure it out that's the problem how to build an audience um, find the solution. You build an audience. Cool. What's the best way to cultivate this audience and, and monetize it? Now you solve that problem. You just got to show up every single day, um, and solve for X. And I actually, uh, you know, I give this advice to everyone. Uh, my dad gave me like the best advice, like this, like, like really like simple wisdom a long time ago. And he said, if you want something to be your full-time job, make it your full-time job. So, um, you know, before I had enough work to fill a day with play crate, I would go to the office at eight, I would leave at six. And I did that every day. And sometimes I just stare at my computer and not know what to do. Um, but eventually, you know, it kind of, it kind of flows. Uh, but you need to, you need to be consistent. And you need to solve the next problem. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Josh, for being on the show. I wish you and plate crate the very best of luck. I love what you do and uh, we will definitely be keeping in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the All Sports Best Podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and join the conversation. Till next time, this is the All Sports Best Podcast. Oh